Good morning, everybody. What a great day. Amen? Everybody say, God is good today. Amen. Um, say this with me today and agree with this confession from the Word of God. Say this after me. The Word of God, Word of God is, alive. is alive. It's active. It's active. Sharper, Sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of my soul, my spirit, my joints, and my marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of my heart. Today, I purpose to hear the Word, receive the Word, and be a doer of the Word. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Amen. Um, this whole month we're talking about actually a number of things. We started in Word First with the theme of Word First was Thy Kingdom Come, God's will be done on earth. We've talked about, I shared with you that God gave me for 2017, it's the year of following through following through and we've been talking and explaining what that is and what it looks like we've been talking about the revelation of the power of the name of Jesus and what that name means to you and I as Christians and the importance of it Wednesday night we talked about and, and we're on a series on Wednesday night as I told you all throughout the year in different forms and fashions we're going to talk and discuss about the name of Jesus and the importance of it and Wednesday night we talked about healing in the name was the title of our message, Healing in the Name of Jesus. There is healing. Everybody put your hand on yourself. Close your eyes just for a moment and say this. By Jesus' stripes, I am healed right now. Amen. We are the healed in Christ Jesus. Amen? We are the healed. Listen to me. Like never before on planet earth, ever, ever, we are dealing with life and death like never before. Living or being taken out is a serious matter like the world has never known. There is diseases on the planet today, and I, you know, I'm not saying all this to be uh, emotional. It's, it's a fact. There are diseases on planet Earth that the medical industry has no cures for. There are, there are diseases in the United States of America that antibiotics are not even touching. Um, I was talking to a doctor a number of months ago and they were, at a, they were at a conference where these scientists are in charge of creating antibiotics. And this doctor told me at this conference that this group of scientists stood up and said, you know, this disease and this disease and this disease and this disease, I don't know, it was maybe a dozen different diseases that he was talking about. He said there are no cures for and we can do nothing about it. 
absolutely nothing. And we've tried, we've looked in every direction, but there is no cure for this. And I'm, I'm just telling you that the cure for humanity is the name of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did on planet earth was invested into that name for you and I. And you and I have to have vision. What we're talking about all month long also is vision, personal vision and corporate vision and the protection that it brings. In Proverbs uh, in Proverbs 29 and verse 18, um, in the New King James, it says, where there is, where there is no revelation, the, the Amplified says where there is no redemptive revelation, it says the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law or the word. Um, I want to read this in the message. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. This is the message translation. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Today, as we're talking about vision, we're talking about the importance and the protection that the vision of God's Word brings to a person's life. And I'm telling you, we're entering in right now, not down the road, but right now, we're entering into days, uh, days where heaven needs to be representing you because it's life and death. There are situations and things that are happening in the earth with people that were created in the image of God, but yet they have no vision. They don't see what God sees. You cannot have vision. When, when, when we talk about, and we have, if you've been here for any length of time in this body, every year when we talk about vision, every year we talk about the difference between personal and corporate vision, and if you're not connected to something that's bigger than you, then your personal vision takes a wrong direction. Because the corporate vision is what God sees. And, and I gave you this last week, that vision, vision comes through seeing what God sees. Vision comes from seeing and hearing what God hears. And that's what we're talking about today and what we're going to look at. And individually, we, we've got to understand the importance 
of what God sees so that we don't create vision in our life that is, that is contrary to what He sees for you. Did you hear me? God sees something and has seen something for you. The two foundational scriptures that we talked about last week, actually you can turn, turn there, one's personal, one's corporate. Um, uh, Habakkuk 2, 2 and 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Now the person that run who runs with it, who reads it, is the person that understands it. Okay? Then the Lord answered me and said, well, okay, in verse uh, 3, For the vision is yet for appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Then look at... Um, at was my oh Jeremiah twenty nine eleven? Most everybody knows this verse of scripture f- through the years. It's a very popular verse. He said, "For I know the thoughts." Uh, one translation says, "The thoughts and plans that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope." Now, all that is good, but I don't think. I think that most people really don't understand it. And in life, what we're endeavoring to accomplish in this life is His will in and through us. But, but I think a lot of times we mistake what real vision is like and what it's really, really about. He said, those who have no redemptive, continual redemptive revelation of God in their life, they cast off restraint. You ever put a two-year-old in a car seat? How many, you have two-year-olds that just absolutely love car seats and love that restraint? Oh, yeah, they just, in fact, that's where they start really talking and communicating with you, telling you how much they love those car seats. No, they don't want the car seat. They don't want to be in the car seat. But what is the car seat for them? It's protection, right? Because of what they don't see and they don't understand. Redemptive revelation within the corporate vision is a protective thing, even at times like, I don't want to do that. That that hinders me. It pulls me back. It's restraining me. But those that cast off restraint are those that get frustrated because the continual redemptive revelation isn't flowing in and to them. Because when redemptive revelation is flowing to you, then you see what God sees. Stay with me on this. i got a number of verses of Scripture that we're going to read today in talking about this. title of this message today, the title of this is, Let This Mind Be In You. Let This Mind... Be in you. Philippians 2, turn there with me. Philippians 2 and verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He didn't consider it robbery to be equal with God. Well, people might think, well, but Jesus was equal with God. 
but the form that he took in life was a form that was just like us so he could be our leader and the one that we connect to so that we could do what he did. See? But he didn't feel, he didn't consider it robbery. So he said, let this mind be in you that was in him. So God wants us to not think it's wrong or illegal or it's, it's um, ungodly for you and I to see equality with the anointing of God. In other words, what caused Jesus to do the works He did in the earth, we can't see it as, as something that we don't have a right to. Because that's not the way God thinks. He said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ. All of Christ's investment was in His name. And His name was given to the church. Don't allow yourself to see this as robbery or that you don't have a right to this. Can you say amen? So, I'm going to build a little picture here for a moment through a verse, several verses. And some of the verses I'm just going to give you. I'm not going to even read them. Uh, you, you just go look at them. But in John 1 and verse 1, it says... That which was from the beginning, which we have heard and which we have seen with our eyes. No, 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 uh, John 1. I'm sorry. Not First John. Uh, Big John. <clears throat> that's a good verse of Scripture, but that's not the right one. W- what it says, what John 1 says is, that in, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning. In Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, if you'll go there, Ephesians 1 and 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Verse 4 Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. In the beginning was the Word who became flesh and He dwelt among us who was Jesus Christ. But He was in the beginning. And before the beginning, I kind of view it like this and I have this picture that before the beginning, Father and Word and Holy Ghost had a little meeting, and they said, we choose Dale. We choose Brian. And on and on and on. I choose them. And I don't just choose them for something, I choose them for greatness. Meaning, I'm, saying, I'm not just picking a few people, I'm saying everybody. So in that meeting before the foundation of the world where you and I were chosen, it says, and he chose, everybody say me. Say, say this after me. He chose me. Okay? When? Before the foundation of the world. 
in the beginning, when God said, let there be light, and then He said this, and He said that, and then He created man, because by what He said, He had you and I in mind. We were part of the equation before the foundation of the world. I don't know how, I'm just telling you what it says. I don't know how that can happen, that He had us and thought about us and had this plan of greatness for you and I before, but He did. Amen? He had a plan for you. And, and you can write these verses down because I'm not looking at them, but in Psalm 2-7, the Father decreed what, this, what I'm talking about right here. It all, you know, the, the, the Bible will always confirm everything that is said. If you cannot confirm what you're saying in the Word, don't say it. So, what I just told you right here, that you were called to greatness before the foundation of the world, in Psalm 2-7, you can go back and read it, the Father decreed it. In Psalm 40, verse 6 and 8, the Son agreed on it. The Word agreed on it. Psalm 40, verse 6 and 8. And in Hebrews 4, 3, it says, All of those works were finished from the foundation. God was finished. And on the eighth day, on the seventh day, He rested. Right? It said He was finished. From the foundation of the world, all of His works, everything that He had planned for your greatness was already set up. God created you to be great. Amen? 1 Peter 1 and verse 18. <clears throat> Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained. When? In that meeting before. He was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. Wow. Who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. What's he talking about right there? Vision. You and I seeing what God sees. You and I understanding why we were put here. You and I understanding uh, all the investment that was invested into the name for us. All, all this year, we're talking about taking this kind of a word that we're talking about today, and you following through with it unto manifestation. Amen? Unto manifestation. So I want you to think about this for your personal vision. This is very, very important. It's very important. When Adam and Eve... Adam and Eve were the first two of us. I like to say it like that. That sounds better. They were just the first two of us. 
And when they screwed up in the garden and made the choices that they made, we lost vision. Because we were part of the the original equation. Okay? Because he called Dale before. He called me and you before. So we were part of the equation. When, when, When... the first two of us fell, we lost vision. When the second Adam, that book of Romans talks about Jesus being, he was the second Adam. When the second Adam came, he brought vision back to us. He brought back to us vision that was lost for mankind. Mankind was like, walking around in circles for 4,000 years with no vision and no purpose. And yet, today, many people with no continual redemptive revelation going on in their life, walking around like the same kind of people. When Jesus brought vision back to us, I don't want to be, and I purpose in my life, I will not be somebody like this. There's too deep of a price that was paid for you and I to have vision that God had planned for us before we were even thought about. Now, I'm just telling you right now, this is not too deep for anybody sitting here today. We can understand this. You confess that in the beginning, that the Word of God is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it's able to judge the thoughts and the intents of your heart, and it's able to cause you to hear, to receive, and to do. The power is in the Word to be a doer. The, the doing is not me trying to put nails between my teeth and sucking it up until I do it. There's times when you have to make yourself do things. But I'm telling you, the power to do is in the Word itself. It's in the seed of that Word getting on the inside of us. Like, uh, oh, it's Dahlia that said that earlier about the seed of the Word. The importance of the seed of that word. Amen? The second Adam, Jesus brought vision back to us. And now the devil on planet earth, if you put up 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 for me, please. The devil on planet earth is working overtime to keep you focused on yourself and 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 Keep your mind blinded from seeing the vision that Jesus brought back to you. That was planned for you before you were even thought about. Whose minds the God of this age, Satan, has blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel. What's that? That's the word of God. Of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Put up John 10.10 for me. I told you I was going to read a bunch of verses of Scripture to get to where I I want to bring to you today. John 10.10 is part of that vision. It's one of the verses that talk about the vision before the foundation of the world. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Can you give me that in the Amplified? 
The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and to, to destroy. I came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That, that's what you have to see for yourself. God created that for you. He created you for greatness. Okay? Um, <clears throat> In Acts 17 and 28, we don't even have to look at it. It just says, in Him we live and we move and we have our being. It's in Him. In Him I move and I live and I have my being in Christ. The enemy's purpose is to blind us from seeing God's original plan for us. Um, And I feel like that and, and what, what I want to drive home with you today is this. And, and actually what Dahlia said during the offering when she was talking about at times when things take a long time. There's something about, and what I want to finish this in, is talking about what is, what is the key to maintaining the vision that Jesus brought back to us. Well, that vision that he brought back to me can only be maintained through that redemptive revelation renewing my soul on a day-to-day basis. It has to, it has to be a continual thing. This year is the year of, you know what, I'm following through. But why did every situation in the Bible take such a long time? Every journey that any person was on in the Bible, it was a long time. Sometimes several journeys were about 10 or 12 years. Several other journeys were 14, 15, 20 years, 28 years. I mean, the journeys of the Bible took a long time. And and there's two reasons I I believe why. And, and, And I say this, not that I've necessarily ever heard anybody say this, but this is what I've seen in my own self. The first years of your born-again life, the renewing process is to get you out of the way. You get the Word, and you get excited with the Word, and you get you out of the way. The second part of that, when you come to a place, and a lot of times, a lot of times, a lot of times people don't find the original purpose and plan that God had for them because when they don't see what they want to see after a certain period of time, they get discouraged and throw in the towel. But the second part of it is, in that renewing process, that you become ignited and actually you, you, you begin to see the next stage of development in your life, and that is the renewing process showing you what you were really created for. But you can never see what He created you for when you still see you. People in life want to go up, but people don't necessarily want to grow up. And you can't go up in God. You can can work your way up, but you can't go up in God if you don't grow up. Give me 1 Thessalonians 5 and 23. 
Now may the God of peace himself, himself, everybody say himself, sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's he talking about? About God himself through his word growing you up so that he can elevate you. So that you can go up as you grow up. And, and you know, you, you take it for what it's worth. But what I told you about those two stages in life, getting you out of the way and then renewing your mind to see you the way he sees you is key. And I'm telling you, if you'll take that to heart, it'll liberate and change your whole life from today on. If you take that to heart, it will liberate you and change everything that you do in life. I can testify to that because it has with me. <clears throat> uh, can you go back to uh, Philippians 2 and verse uh, 5? Philippians 2 and 5. He said, let this mind be in you. The word mind there in the Greek means... As, as, I was, as I was looking at this in this, uh, this lexicon Bible that I have, it says the mind there has the meaning of having the same mind. He said, let this mind be in you which was in Christ. So what he's saying is have the same mind. Agree together. Um, have the same interests that he has, that your mind be harmonious with his, that you be like-minded, not double-minded. He says one thing, you acknowledge it, but you do something else. That's double-minded. Be, be like-minded with Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse um, 16, 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 says this, and this should be a confession that you make over yourself every day. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? For who has known the mind of the Lord? So, let's read it like this. For has Bert Wimberly known the mind of the Lord to the place that he can instruct the Lord? Absolutely not. That's wrong thinking. But what does it say? Bert Wimberly has the mind of Christ. He has the mind of the anointing. I'm joint heirs with the anointing, not the deity of God. I'm joint heirs with the anointing. Say that with me. I have, I have the, mind the mind of Christ. So, I have the same mind of Christ. I agree with the mind of Christ. I have the same interests that the mind of Christ has. I'm harmonious with the mind of Christ, and I'm like-minded with Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I think the thoughts of God. No, you're not so sharp you're instructing God. <laughs> you're set up for a fall. No, we're in a position to receive from God and do what he says. He needs us. That's why we have to have the revelation of the name of Jesus. That's why it's so vitally important that we live that way and operate in it. The Bible says, as a man thinks, he is that way. 
That's why your thinking that's not lined up with him has to get out of the way. So then what he'll reveal to you is what he re- the way he really sees you. And when you see yourself the way he sees you, it's over with. It's over with in life. Nothing. Remember, remember what Paul said? He said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life. So see, you're not afraid to die, nor are you afraid to live. I'll just tell you this. For some people, it's more fearful to live than it is to die. Because they're so afraid of life, so intimidated by mankind, so frustrated that nothing's ever come to pass in their life. It'd be easier if I just die. But it takes great faith to live life and do in this life what God created you to do. But to do that, you've got to get you out of the way, and then you've got to become a part of that original meeting where they were talking about you. And there wasn't a person in that original meeting that they talked about that wasn't created for greatness. <laughs> Woo! Man. So Romans 12, 1 and 2 is the secret. It's the plan to accomplish that. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, And do not be conformed to this world, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Be transformed so that that now, according to what I just told you about mind, so be transformed, and the Amplified says, be transformed, changed, by the entire renewal of your mind with new attitudes and new ideas. So in other words, now... I'm renewing my mind. When I get, as I've gotten past her, as I'm getting past myself, now I'm, I'm renewing my mind to think how he thinks about me, that I have the same mind, I'm agreeing with him, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I have the same intent, the same purpose, and I'm harmonious with him, and on and on, that my life may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, because when you're fulfilling his plan that he had for you in that meeting before, I don't know why I like that. I, I just, I, I saw that. I was, I was studying this and I thought, there was the, the foundation of the world, the beginning, and God said, let there be light. In the beginning was God. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. There was the beginning. But then there was the before, the, before the foundation. Everything was established. All the works, everything was established right there. And they talked about you and me there. My plan was already set up. How much more attention and time do I need to be giving to the Word of God that reveals? If there's no redemptive revelation continuing in your life, then you get confused. Can, can you put that? Can you put up? Uh, where was that? Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the message. Can you put that up for me real quick? Twenty nine eighteen in the message. I don't know if, if we had that up before. I don't think we did. In the message, I think I read it off my phone. 29 and 18. 
Ha, there it is. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. The, the, the New King James says, happy are those who do the word. So, if you're not happy, you're not doing the word. I, I'm just telling you what he said, you know. I mean, I, I know. Believe me. I've had some unhappy points and times and moments in my life. And I can promise you, I was not at the height of doing the word <laughs> in those times. And, and all hell can be breaking loose around you. And you're doing the word and happiness and joy. What, what, what does he say right there? They're most blessed. Man, I'm blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. You know why? Because some of you today, you're going to remember what I said about that original meeting that God had, the Father had with Word and Holy Spirit. And you're going to remember that they were talking about you and that they had a plan for you. And the rest of your life is going to be devoted to knowing what his ideas and, and what his plan is and how he sees you. Some of you have heard that th today, and it's going to liberate your life. He had a plan for you. In a very unique way, he had a plan for your life. Amen? <clears throat> um, go back to that. Uh, where was I? Uh, Romans 12, 1. Can you go back there? Just in the, in the New King James. Um, so, so, something else from this verse of Scripture that hits me, and I'm just using this as an example. Um, I don't know for how many years, probably long, probably for 25 years, one Christmas, my dad sent me, my earthly father sent me a, he sent me a subscription to Golf Digest. He said, I remember him calling me, he said, do you, do you have Golf Digest? I said, no, nah, I used to, but I, I let it go. He said, okay. And then all of a sudden, I start getting these two Golf Digest. I mean, for about four years, I kept telling him, dad, I'm getting two of them. He said, okay, well, just give them away. I've given some of those away to people in here. But, but for a long time, I, I kept getting those two subscriptions. So every year, he had to renew my subscription. And every year, I'd get this thing in the mail that I'm up for subscription to be renewed. And I'd call him and say, well, do you want me to just do it? No, no, no. He said, I'm, I'm just giving it. To, I'm, I'm giving it to you. So it'd be renewed every year. But you can't renew something that you haven't already had. Amen. Right? So what I'm telling you is what you're renewing is what you already had. We're renewing our minds to think like we were before the foundation of the world. But there has to be that first stage. And you know what? Some people, that first stage may take a year or two or three. But other people, it may take eight or ten or twenty. It just depends on what you do with the Word. It's not how long you've been born again that matters. It's what you do with the Word.
And what that does is it gets you out of the way so then you can know what he created for you. Years ago, when I, was, when I lived in the Rio Grande Valley, I, was, uh, I had a business and I, I'd go to, it was a detail business and I'd go to car dealerships and, and I'd do all kinds of stripes and in those days, Trans Am Eagles and all kinds of designs on the sides and luggage racks and chrome sides. I mean, we did everything. We'd, but I'd blow into these car dealerships and, and my van had all my supplies and I'd do those there. What was I saying that for? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about renewing my mind. Come on, mind, renew. So the general manager would come in and he would stand in the very back. He's a big old guy. And uh, he'd stand in the very back and, he'd, and, he, and he would never look at me. He'd always look down. He'd hear what I said, but I'd just talk for 30 minutes and I'd be out. We'd be done. And one day before I left the valley, he, he called me. He said, when you, when you come to the dealership this week, would you stop by my office? And I said, yeah. So I went by his office and he goes, he goes, you know, he said, I hear the things that you're saying, but it scares me. And I go, really? He said, what I'm teaching you scares you? Yeah. He said, because what I'm afraid of is that, he said, I love my life and I love the things that are going on in my life. And he said, what I'm afraid of is God's going to send me to China. <laughs> and the thought that I'm telling you today of how his life, your life, everybody's life started before the foundation of the world, that thought started that day for me. And it's what I've taught throughout the years as I've pastored this church. It started that day because I told him, I said, you know what? I showed him Psalm 37. I said, if you delight yourself in the things of God, God will put his desire in you that he had for you before the foundation of the world, and then he'll bring that to pass. His mind, see, he wasn't thinking like God. He didn't have the mind of Christ. He wasn't thinking like God. He was thinking that God was going to make him do something he didn't want to do. God doesn't do that. If God did that, he'd be forcing all of us to do all kinds of crap that we weren't even ready for. He didn't do that. He would never do that. You delight yourself in him. You allow the word to be a part of your life. He'll put his will inside of you, and then you'll watch that thing come to pass. That's why so many people that are Christians are so frustrated. They're not delighting themselves in the Lord, and they're trying to make the will of God come to pass that's not even the will of God for their life. That's where the frustration comes from. See? So what I'm, what I'm explaining to you today and what, what I want you to understand is how important it is for us to see what he sees, to think like him, and to live in that place of understanding so that it removes all of the stress and the pressure of life. Who cares what anybody else thinks about us? How many of you wake up every morning and you wake up with the intent to go offend everybody you come in contact with? But if somebody doesn't like what you do, now listen, if you're doing things and it's, it's rubbing people wrong and you know you're doing it, that's part of growing up, right? The growing up that causes you to move up is the part of that whole spirit, soul, and body that is being renewed. 
right? When you got that, that stinking attitude towards people and you're going to show them kind of thing, you're not out of the way and it's very difficult for you to see what God wants to do with you because you won't remove those things. So you won't follow through and stay with it until the thing is dead. How many days does the world tell you, how many days does the world say it takes to break a bad habit? Wow, you all knew that? Everybody knows that, right? How many days does it take to break a bad attitude in the realm of the Spirit? There's not a set of days. It's a way of life. You do it, and then you do it, and you follow through, and it becomes a way of life, and you live that way, and then, boom, this is the next thing. And it'll always be the next thing for the rest of your life. You'll never top out where you don't need God. What a, what a great way to live. So you just take the pressure off of you and get it, put the pressure on the devil who's trying to blind you to keep you from seeing what you need to see and start seeing and stay in the seeing mode through the redemptive revelation of God that's coming in and to your life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Come on, give God praise for that today. <clears throat> so I'm going to end with these three passages. Look at Galatians 3 and 13. I'll end with this. I know I've gone a little bit long today, but just bear with me as I finish this today. Uh, what did I tell you? Galatians 3 and 13, yes. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come to all the ethnic groups of the world. That's what Gentiles means. All the ethnic groups of the world that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith in Him. Jesus has, he, what, what has He done? He's reversed the curse. So the first two of us lost it. They, they lost vision. Jesus reversed that to bring vision back to us. And then He invested everything in the name, and in the investment in the name empowers you and I now to follow through, renew our mind, and that redemptive revelation causes us to see what He sees. Everybody say this, I have, I have the, mind the mind of Christ. Of Christ. I, I encourage you to declare that over yourself every day, and you know what will happen? The more you say that, the more you'll understand what that means. Proverbs 20 and 27. <clears throat> Proverbs 20, 27. This is a great verse of scripture. <clears throat> the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. Searching all of the inner depths of the heart. Our success is connected to our inner man. Elevation in the natural, comes from elevation in the spirit. And when the lamp or the light of the word of God illuminates the inside of me and redemptive revelation begins to control what's going on inside of me, then I think correctly. And when a man thinks correctly, then he sees correctly. Because what we want to see is what God sees. Can you say amen? And then I end with this, Romans 8. I know it's been a lot of scripture today, but I had to build a foundation for what I'm going to share next week. 
Romans 8 and verse 29. For whom he foreknew, me, everybody say me, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Father foreknew you, when? Before the foundation of the world. He predestined you to become a joint heir with his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He who? He, Jesus. He's our, he was the firstborn. He was the second Adam. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, there, so, there these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. Whom he justified, these he also glorified. He has predestined us, he's called us, he's justified us, he's glorified us, he's liberated us, he's set us free. He reversed the curse. That was his plan from the beginning. And, I, and this is what I wrote down about this. The first Adam, with the first Adam, we lost our mind. We lost our thinking. We lost our vision. With the second Adam, we got our mind back. And not only did we get our mind back, we got the mind of Christ. Can you say amen? So, if you, oh, gosh, I get cold chills when I think about this. So if you see yourself, if you and I see ourselves in a way for one purpose, if we see ourselves as the prodigal, we were lost. We lost our mind. We lost our vision. Jesus Christ brought us back. And what did the prodigal do? In the midst of some things that were all about him, he did what? He came to himself. He got his thinking right. And you and I, day to day, have to purpose to get our thinking right through the redemptive revelation of God. Amen? We were lost, but now we're found. Amen? We lost our thinking, and now we've gotten it back. But not only not did we just get our thinking back in one form, we got the mind of Christ. We got thinking back like Adam and Eve had before they lost it in the garden. There were some things that they had and the way they saw and the fellowship and oneness that they had with Father in the garden is what now has been brought back to us. The enemy's trying to blind us, keep us from understanding what I'm talking about today, but I'm telling you, you have the mind of Christ. Amen? You can do all things through Christ who is your strength, and nothing, nothing is going to stop his redemptive revelation from revealing to you what the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit's plan was for you before the foundation of the world. I'm telling you today, we're in a win-win situation. All of heaven is backing up. Everything that we need. Vision is where it's out. Amen? Without vision, people perish. Without vision, people cast off restraint. But when new vision is developed, you embrace the restraint. 
you embrace the protection. You embrace what the Word of God brings and what church life brings to your life because of how powerful that the Word of God is as it penetrates our life on a day-to-day basis. Can you say amen? Just bow your head for a moment. Thank you, Father. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus today, what we confess, Lord, at the beginning of this service today, about how awesome and powerful and effective and energizing that your word is, we receive it today. Lord, I, I just believe that the word that I shared today was, it was that way. It was impacting. It was energizing because the power and the anointing is on your word. It's not just the way, it's not the way it was delivered necessarily. It was the fact that the power is on that word to liberate. Jesus reversed that curse. He liberated us took us from darkness into light we can see clearly today lord we see and we have vision for what your purpose and plan is in the earth lord we see the investment in the name of jesus that is at our disposal that there's not anything that we can't do and accomplish on planet earth when we're under your command and your direction i thank you that the people here today hear this word but more importantly that they hear your voice They heard this word, but then they hear your voice as you're revealing to each and every one of them what this word brings to them, what it brings to their personal vision, their personal insight, and their importance of how how needful it is that they're connected to the vision of your house, Lord, the vision of what you're building in the earth, and it's your church. Lord God, that the gates of hell cannot and will not prevail against. Lord, we just... We are are so honored to be in your presence today. We're so honored, Lord, to receive redemptive revelation. And we're so honored to be a part of living in this time in the history of the world, to have the revelation of your name and to accomplish all that you desire. We bless you, Lord. We honor you. We give you praise and glory. And everybody said amen and amen and amen. As we always do at the end of every service, you know, I, we, for a long time at Gates of the City, we, we, didn't, we didn't necessarily have altar calls because I felt like that, you know, opportunity for people to get born again a second time, to get born a second time, um, almost was a religious thing. And for a number of years, we didn't do that. We, 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 were, we encouraged you, if you were here, to be aware of people everywhere that needed to receive Jesus. But one day God told me and, and spoke to me very clearly, you need to make it available. And, and listen, being born again is not a religious act. You know, the importance, the importance of race or, or affiliation or who you are in society it's big to people a lot of times. It means something to people, but means very little to God. What matters is our affiliation, our connection with Him, and that we understand how to be connected in the spirit realm to the life that really matters. And because you're sitting here today, you were born one time, but to be born a second time connects you to the vision of the one that created you and had a plan for you before you were even thought about. How absolutely awesome is that? Huh? 
So today, and we do, I mean, I, I see people all over this room right here, you know, if, if you wanted, if you want to know more about salvation, if you're sitting here today and you've never been born again or understand what salvation really is, there's all types of people through here. Everybody on this, these front rows right here can tell you about salvation and what it means. But most of you in this room right here, if you're not born again and you, you want to be born, we want to help you to understand it. It's not about just making a confession. It, it, it's, it's about believing in what we talked about today, that he's really who he says he is. He's different. Christianity is connected to Jesus. And he's different than any other supposed God out there. And actually, there are no other gods. There's one. And to us, God the Father is connected to humanity through the one Jesus Christ. And there is no other. And we want you to understand that. But if you're sitting there today and you're saying to me, yes, I, I want to be born again. I want you to just lift your hand. Say, you know, I'm, I'm in the house and I just, I want to be born again. I, I want to know the God you're talking about today. Anybody, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. We just want to know. Anybody that wants to be born again that's not born again today. Amen. Um, not too long ago, a person got born again in the service and she came to me after the service and she said, I, I hope I didn't offend you. And I go, how, how would you have offended me? She said, well, I've been sitting in your church for about eight months. And she said, I just wasn't ready to get born again until today. And she was just weeping. She was just weeping and weeping. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You didn't offend me. You honored me by not just going through the motions of something that you weren't sure about. Because it's not enough to make a confession. You've got to believe it. And I so appreciated that. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what's so important about salvation, that people understand it. We want to help you understand. So there may be, you, you, you're here today and you say, well, you know me, I don't, I'm not sure I want to do that. Or you might feel funny about it, whatever. That I totally understand. But find somebody in here. I'll be out in the lobby out there. You can talk to me after the service. But find somebody and just talk to him about it. Because I tell you what, the more you talk about it, the more you find people that are born again that understand it and talk about it, the more you'll understand it and really receive it and want to be a part of this in your life. You want to be a part of the family of God. Can you say amen? Everybody stand with me.